I asked like what this what the contract was that they signed. He's like, oh, it's just an agreement between the two of us. Um, pretty much like the terms of our relationship. And I was like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. Um, I'm gonna look that over, and then if everything's good, I'll sign it. If I, if I have any questions, I'll just give you a call back. And then he fucked you. I'm gonna keep saying it. Pay your fucking dues. It's the name of the goddamn podcast. We've definitely paid our dues. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Ash Kennedy, and welcome back to another episode of Pay Your Dues. If you're new here, make sure to hit that subscribe button, whatever platform you're listening on, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and also make sure to pay your own dues by subscribing to the OnlyFans for exclusive access to that visual podcast. Today on Pay Your Dues, it's actually... It's actually a revolution today coming around a little bit. A little bit of a revelation as well, you could say. For the first time since being down in South Florida, I will not be doing the podcast by myself. I am joined today by my Miami Connect, Mike. What up, party people? Glad to be on the uh, Pay Your Dues podcast, first podcast uh experience so let's you know let's get some drinks in and, and have some fun tonight exactly cracking some natties and these these mango ipas the the florida man's i mean natty light that's really like you can't go wrong with it it's just like we're just like we're back in college back at the uh, the original theme of pay your dues which i mean natty light falls right into that demographic would you you agree with that I mean, nat- natties are a staple. Um, so, so for all the listeners, I, I met Ashton in, um, at the University of Iowa as college students, and, and natties are probably what got us through, uh, you know, a couple years of debauchery down there. Um, so it's, it's always great to uh, kind of throw it back and crack some of those and, you know, live uh, live glory, glory days back there. I mean, was it natties or was it bush light back then? I think it was a kind of like a big combination. It depended on you know your your, your friend group. Bush lights were, I think it's a really Iowa, uh, <laughs> a really Iowa thing. Like everybody I know in Iowa, just, like just drinks bush like water. Very um, Iowa. Every bar in Iowa has bush light on tap, and then you go down here. You can't even like find bush light in most places in the stores. You you ask the bartender, "Can I get a bush light?" They're like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, I mean, software is a different animal, man. If you know, comparing it to. To Iowa is tough because it's it's like different in, in pretty much every way. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize that Anheuser Busch is what makes Natty Light. It's what makes um, Bud Light, Budweiser, and owns a lot of that stuff. Um, but like the Bush, actual the actual Bush beer itself is very unknown. It's not not very not very common, honestly. I mean, now, now that I'm out of college, I, I, I don't see a whole lot of, like, Natty or Bush around at, at events or, you know, what I'm out drinking, but, but like I said, it's always good to, to kind of crack one and reminisce a little bit about, uh, you know, a, a humbler time. So, being from the, the Midwest, I said Midwest, Midwest, and being in South Florida now, so maybe you can, like, tell a little bit about, like, what, what brought you down here and what basically how you ended up here today on on uh, on pay your dues yeah yeah good call um i moved out to miami about four months ago just for the winter time i'm from chicago 
uh, pretty much because it's like Miami's just lit. It's lit on social media. It's lit in the streets. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's here. Um, you know, anecdotally, a lot of my homies from from New York and LA and stuff are kind of coming out here. Um, and you know, it's been fun these past four months. The weather's been great. The girls are awesome out here. Um, it's it's kind of tough to beat the the South Florida lifestyle. We're out here in uh, near Palm Beach now. For uh, I'm here for the for a crypto conference called Permissionless, uh, hosted by Blockworks, and I'm out here crashing on the boys' couch because uh, you know I'm a I'm a degen and I don't want to you know we got to save that beer money and and not grab hotel rooms. So you know how it is. But uh, I dragged this guy with me. Um, yeah, fu- funny story. <laughs> I was expecting these past few days to basically be, I give you my spare key. Uh, I go, I go to work, do my thing. <laughs> I go to work, do my thing. And then maybe we, we, maybe we meet up and then maybe I somehow go to the after events or try to get in them and, and fail to get into them. But it all started just back on, back on Tuesday night. Oh, we met up. How was the first day of the conference? Pretty well. And it's like, oh, well, there's some after events going on. Okay. We can try and try and go to them. None of those places were being weird about like wristband or your badge lanyard or anything. And so I was thinking like, wow, this is, this is pretty cool. Like everybody here is doing something. A lot of the crypto DeFi uh, crowd is just very, very easy to talk to. Very yeah, easy. Yeah, what, what do you think about this? Cause you met a ton of people this week that, that pretty much all work in, in crypto and it's like a really niche industry, I think, compared to, like bigger industries like accounting or like construction or whatever, like the people are kind of like almost similar um, because they'll kind of work in crypto. Like, What did you think about a bunch of people you met? I liked a lot of the people that I met. Um, I mean, a lot of them, I mean, I don't think it's a secret to say there's are, there are a decent amount of dweebs that are in. Of course. Crypto crypto nerds. Yeah. Yeah. The crypto nerds. Exactly. And I mean, talking to them, like they might be like a little bit, reluctant at first awkward at first but then once like i just open up and say like hey i'm i'm truly very new to the crypto space just trying to get my feet wet i have a podcast um and i'm looking to transition to someone for content creation i mean tuesday night i was was fun going around to those different the warehouse district and talking to everybody i didn't really know what to say at that time just because i didn't know what to expect but definitely was a good call uh to, to call in sick the last couple of days, quote unquote sick to, <laughs> to make it, to make it into the conference. So I still can't believe you 1500 bucks for. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm really stupid and I grabbed it the very last day. These were like on sale. I think, I think how it worked is it came out for like 150 bucks and like they raised the price like every week until the, the conference or something. So I, I, I was the very last person to buy one of these pretty much before they stopped going on sale. So, you know, we had to uh, do our best to, to stretch that out as much as we could. So we kind of went and doubled up and, and got this guy a pass, um, you know, on some, some sneaky activities. But um, I'm, I'm glad that it kind of worked out. This guy's been missing work because, you know, f- for some context, these these all these after parties are just open bar the entire time. So we're out here just getting, you know, tanked after after the conference with all, you know, the crypto kids. Uh, and... You know, it'll it'll catch up with you in the morning, that's for sure. Talking around at the expo, just seeing what I can do to transition from the traditional workspace into the crypto workspace, or I don't know what you want to call it, remote, alternative. I mean, it's obviously transitioning to be more norm, but would you still consider like all this crypto NFT stuff to be like 
alternative or unconventional. I think it's kind of it's like shifting towards being more mainstream and kind of like well accepted, but I think it's it's still at a place where it is like niche and and small and kind of growing. Um, most like most normal people don't understand the space at all and shit. So like going out to these events is cool because you know you meet the people who are kind of building all this stuff. But uh, dude, like crypto is so big. There's there's so many different people out there. For, for this event, like everyone we've been talking to, it seems like they're pretty much a developer. Um, but at some of the other ones I've been to, you know, there's a there's a whole mess of people that you'll you'll meet over there. Um, yeah, it's just been it's been very interesting just seeing that a lot of these companies that like we I was talking with, they've some of them been around for five years, some of them been around for six months, and they just say that we've experienced just some rapid growth. Six months ago, we had ten people. Now we're having they say like they have like a hundred people working for them. And they're all completely remote. Um, but I mean, just like seeing like the, the way that all this has grown. The reason I say unconventional is because you just see people that are just making fucking stupid money off of the, <laughs> off, off of these, off of these, these NFTs, these digital artworks that, that quote unquote can't be duplicated, but a screenshot. Yeah, I mean, right-click, save as, screenshotting NFTs, like, I, I think there is, like, you know, in, in a sense, like, some merit to that. Like, if someone creates a digital artwork, not every, like, it, it doesn't have to be, like, owned and only enjoyed by the person who, like, paid money. You know what I mean? If someone makes some, dope, like, dope art and you screenshot and use it as, like, a phone background, I think that's, like, a perfectly, like, reasonable thing to go do. Since I'm so, like, in the NFT space, a lot of my colleagues would be like, no, fuck that, like, you have to buy it and, like, drop all this ETH on it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I, I don't think that NFTs are for everyone, for sure. Like, it's a really specific, like, segment of people who actually buy these for, like, t- to hold on to them. I think a lot of people are just, like, trading, flipping, learning about it. Most people don't know what the fuck they're buying, so people are just, like, throwing money at random shit and usually losing it. Um but yeah, dude, like some of the people we've, we've met this week, like they make absolute stupid money. Um, stupid. Sometimes in the money. fucking stupidest ways possible. Like all the meme coins, all the meme NFTs. Um, and all, you know, obviously this is kind of a niche part of crypto too. Like a lot of people we met don't do stupid shit. Like they have really serious jobs and serious roles and, and that kind of thing. But I mean, the crypto chats are out there just like flipping Shiba or Dogecoin for like the big gains or, are always like a, a hoop to hang out with, I think. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy because I, I was telling you about it, but I mean, I should talk about it as well just for the content. How, I mean, I even saw him at the club last night. This dude probably looks like he was over 50, maybe over 60. This dude's looking like a possible grandpa. Guy has white long hair, a scruffy ass beard. Might have been a neck beard for all I'm concerned. This guy looks like, guy looks like he's homeless pretty much. And, oh yeah, if you want to crack that right into the mic, go for it. Let's let's get a ooh crisp. <laughs> and this guy looks like he's homeless, but then he was in front of me on his laptop. He was I don't know what bank he was using, like Chase Bank or whatever. Dude just has hundred and like twenty thousand dollars just chilling there in his account, and he's like, whoa, okay. He's doing pretty decent. Then he pulls up American Express right next to that. He's got a bill of $75,000. Like either that dude is running up a fucking balance or he spends that month by month. I think the crazy thing is 
to even have a credit line of that amount, either he's making stupid money or he's or he overinflated himself when applying for it. Yeah, I mean, if he's, if he's 50, he's had, you know, a long career behind him, I'm sure. Um, what I think is crazy is seeing, like, the 16-year-olds, the 20-year-olds who are out buying Lambos and Paddocks and, and all that crazy shit. Like, one of my business partners, his little brother, uh, he'll go to high school rocking a Paddock because he's been flipping NFTs. And, like, like, he's out there making more money than his t-shirts. Like, he cannot give less of a fuck about school, I'm sure, at this point. Because, like, it's kind of just keeping him from, like, trading more crypto and, like, doing all this shit. Um, so, like, those are the kind of stories that always blow me away, and, like, like meeting kids like that uh, kind of inspires me, because I'm like, damn, bro, like, this kid's fucking flexing on me, like, what am I doing? Um, but I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight, you know, most of these events are 21 plus, so we don't have a whole lot of, of you know, the young flexors out here or anything like that, but... Um, I think, yeah, I, speaking of that, I do want to transition into, uh, well, I want to go back and talk about how we were able to get get me into the conference so basically, the, the plan was that first night where I wore the lanyard, you wore the wristband, because, I mean, you can't really... I tightened mine down so much that you can't take it off. So I wore the lanyard. Nobody questioned it. I got free drink tickets. We both got free drink tickets, and no pushback, no questions asked. The next day... Yeah, they were kind of y- on it yesterday. Yesterday, when we were walking in, the one guy stopped stopped us. I was wearing the lanyard with the badge. You were just wearing the wristband. Same thing as the night before. And he was like, where's your badge? And you're like, uh, like, I think we were, I think you were caught, like, we were, we were both caught off guard by it. Yeah, I didn't really, like, so, at first I was pissed that I bought a ticket because, like, the very first day I was there, like, nobody was checking passes, tickets, anything. Everyone was just kind of walking around. It was crowded. And, you know, I dropped 1500 bucks, and I was like, fuck, like, I got fucked over. I'm so stupid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, security tightened it up for sure. Um, I, 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 I have no idea how it was like today because we kind of kind of skipped ahead. Uh, I mean, we you, we said we were going to make it, but we I guess we can get into that how, how that came how how that came to fruition in just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, two more two more beers. I'll tell that story. <laughs> but pretty uh, pretty much so. First security guard walks up and he's like, "Oh, where's your badge?" And you know, the guy could have been more strict, but he was lenient enough to go let you go to the expo hall to get another lanyard. Which I mean, I I don't know how difficult it was going to be to. To get that, you needed like if they needed to verify your identity or anything. But you're saying you just walked up, typed your name in, and they printed a new one. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, I mean, we totally yolo did, and just you know, I, I had no idea what to expect as far as security. But I mean, if, if, if my boys around, I, I figured I, you know, I got to try to get them in at least. But it was, I mean, it was super relaxed. These crypto conferences are like. You know, most of the time it is professionals coming in from from companies that are sponsoring them. So, like, I don't think they expect too much, like, fuckery going around. You know, it's probably, like, just us and, like, a couple other kids who are, like, doing something like that. Yeah. Um, especially because I think a lot of people are, you know, out of town for this kind of thing. And they're, they're flying in, so they're, they're coming to tickets. But it's been smooth sailing over there, man. You, you know, we saved you 1500 <laughs> uh, which is and, always a good feeling. And, 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 and I much appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, so then you had the wristband... And your own lanyard, and then all I had was this lanyard with the badge that with, with my name on with, it. With, that's not my name on it, so I'm wearing it backwards. So I'm walking around the entire expo, talking to people. Um, most 
most people ask no questions, but then some of these motherfuckers are like, oh, what's your name? Oh, your badge is backwards. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's backwards, but I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it because I paid my dues, quote unquote, to, to get in there. But there I mean, not really. Remember everyone, pay your dues. <laughs> pay your fucking dues. Um, and then I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be difficult. I, I way overthought getting the wristband. Yesterday was going to be more difficult. It was a bunch of high schoolers working. Well, to be fair, like, like I, I do a lot of festival stuff. I go to a lot of festivals. We throw festivals, like music festivals. Um, and out of most of the bigger events I've been to, like they, they, they were the most like chill and relaxed. Um, I was expecting to maybe show an ID when I picked up a badge or something, but they, you know, you could just kind of pull up, put anyone's name in there, and. And, and you know your optimizations <laughs> at that point, which I mean, is which is great. I mean, it, it makes for like you know cool experience, and so you know, like I said, I, I didn't see a whole lot of fuckery there, so it's not like they were uh, like fucking up by not having more security. It seemed pretty chill. I mean, like, what if you didn't pay for it? You walk up, you type your name in, and they just print a badge, say, "Here you go." I mean, do you th- do you think they had to wait when you got your so, second so, badge? So, so like when I type my name in, like there's like a, a guest list kind of thing. So they had to look you up. So, so they had, like it'll pop up and be like, all right, this guy already like checked in, blah blah blah. Okay. Um, but that's I mean that's it. I could have, you know, crypto is one of those places where everyone's on Twitter, so I could you know <laughs> jump on Twitter, find anyone's name who's going, and, and go pick up their pass pretty much. That's fucking genius. Uh, yeah, you know, if I, if I had more time and if I was feeling a little bit more dubious, maybe maybe that's the kind of route I would, I would take because, uh, you know, the the, the very last second tickets, it, it always just hurts. Uh, being just, just knowing that you paid more than every single person there. You heard it here first. If you're feeling scummy and want to steal someone's uh, attendance to a crypto conference, go on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a little a little... Precursor to identity theft, I guess. It's uh, it's not quite there, but but you know maybe. <laughs> I mean, what's play, play a little bit devil's advocate though? What would they say, like, officer? This person pretended to be me to go to this conference. Police would be like, "Man, we're we're in South Florida. I'm sure the the police out here are dealing with some meth heads that are like riding alligators they, or something." Yeah, they they're, they're, they're too busy for uh for some crypto conference drama. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how fucked up we get tonight, though. Maybe we'll run into some trouble downtown. Maybe <laughs> maybe calling sick three days in a row, quote unquote sick. And if, but, if if you're uh, if you're Ash's boss, by the way, he was he actually had COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I truthfully thought it was going to be more difficult to get the wristband, though. All I did was just, I walked up there wearing the badge. I walked up laughing, and I said, I'm sorry. I broke my wristband last night. Can I just get a new one? They're like, oh, yeah, totally. They just take one off the hook, hand it to me. They didn't ask me any questions. They just said, yes, yes, sir. And, and that's a powerful wristband. So, like, like last night, that got you into, what, three, three venues with open bar all around? And that's what I was saying was that, thank God, I, I did get the wristband, and it was so easy. That, yeah, that was clutch because we were kind of considering, like, not doing it. And if, if that was the case, we'd have to bribe our way in everywhere. And, uh, yeah, every, you pl- don't do. every place we went to, Clematis Street, downtown West Palm, was checking wristbands when they walked in. If you had the permissionless wristband, and they were on. dicks about it too. Like I, I was going in and out because I was smoking cigarettes, and the dude, like every single time I'd go back in, he would like grab my wristband and be like, "Oh, like it's on your wrist." Like I don't know why they were like that. Oh, it's, on, it's on there securely. <laughs> you didn't put it on loose so you can swap it to people. Pretty much. That's but that's crazy. Tonight's gonna be interesting. I, I think it's more like a like a, more of a public venue. Is my understanding that they have a stage set up kind of outside where. 
where the music's gonna be playing, but shit, we'll see. Setting up like a a goodbye party, I think sounds like. Yeah, it's it's my goodbye from uh, from Palm Beach, unless I, I decide to fuck around and and stay an extra night and <laughs> sleep over at uh, <laughs> the club over there. Yeah, um, I mean, last night just was. I mean, getting to the clubs was a good start to it. But it was just an interesting dynamic. Last night was hilarious because we're both in there being like, like we show up, we're like, all right, ten o'clock, like we're out. I'm going to work. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm gonna be busy tomorrow with work too. Blah blah blah. I was planning to be at work today. <laughs> planning doesn't mean you. I executed. Ten thirty rolls around. And I'm like, hey, yo, yo, Ash, like, let's just say it's eleven, dude. Like, it's eleven, bro. Like, have a couple more drinks. It's open bar. Like, talk to some shakes. Like, it's fine. Truthfully, I did not want to leave at ten. I was, I was digging the vibe of that place, dude. Clematis Street. Clematis Social. Yeah, shout out Clematis Social. Dope venue. I mean, I messaged one of my friends when I was there because I was like, what the fuck are these cages for? Or are these like for like dancers or like do people just fuck around in there sometimes? Uh, it actually was funny how some people were climbing up the ladders and security shut that shit down as soon as they saw them. Yeah, yeah. A couple a couple of the crypto fans wanted to be go-go dancers, but I was, security wasn't having it. So I was asking, like, what are these, like, what are these cages for? No one told me what they were for. I mean, that was actually one of the responses. They said, like, Mandingo. And I'm like, I was like, wait, what's what's a Mandingo? I was drunk at the time. But <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, um, but he was, all he said was, the friend who lives in West Palm, dude, Clematis Social is where the high schoolers go. Oh, no kidding? I don't know if it's different on the weekends. I thought it was sick last night, though. I, th- I thought it was a cool venue between kind of like their their stage. So the DJ was going ham. He was he was throwing a bunch of Bro. throwbacks down, and like he just had good taste for for like the vibe. It was it was it was going hard. I could probably say that never in my life have I experienced a better DJ than last night. Because like normally there's like the DJ where they'll play the banger every now and then. And then, like, they'll play, like, a shitty song. They'll play a shitty song. It's like, like, all bangers, though, pretty much. They'll, yeah. they'll play a shitty song. You're like, ah, whatever. I'll let it slide. I'm just chilling. Or, like, they try and put their own mix on it. And it's like, ah, oh, you're not fucking famous. I don't want to hear your your mixes and shit. Like, if, if I'm in the club and it's, like, Tiesto performing, like, in Miami a few weeks back, that's totally fine. But you're just some no-name DJ. Just play the fucking music and then transition it so it doesn't. there's no silence. But this DJ... Going fucking ham with the dad bangers, the fucking throwbacks to the early 2000s. I don't think there was a song played that was over 10 years old. I think the youngest song that I remember hearing last night. Right, no, like no new shit, like no top 40s, new, no. you know, top 10 billboard shit, like nothing like that at all. I think the most, the youngest song that I heard played was Empire State of Mind. That's that's an old song at this point. That's, that's, that's like, gotta be like five, ten years old. I think it came out. I think it came out in two thousand ten. Jesus, dude, I'm old as shit. Need now. need we look it up right now? <laughs> while while we're on the topic of discussion, uh, so Empire State of Mind, two thousand nine, dude. So there was yeah. Time flies. It, oh shit! Uh, anything that was literally. Younger than ten years old was was not played last night. It was all just these throwback songs. Actually, that does bring the the question to mind. Personally, I think that music peaked in the two thousands. Would you agree or disagree? 
I would probably disagree. Um, I think that like mainstream pop music is really shittier now than it used to be. Um, I think that like labels and and artists are like it's 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 like way more like it's it's less artistic and like it's kind of more like a, a grind like make money. Um, but I think that like the niche musicians now, like the small producers that maybe not are super famous, they're coming out with some bangers as like electronic production software gets better. As people just get more creative and shit, um, I mean, so so like 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 I think like music is way better now, um, but I think mainstream music is just like not super popping right now. Like like uh, who who's on the top ten for rap right now? It's like all Jack Harlow and like Drake shit, you know. Like, I mean, Drake it's is fine. Like I'm not, I'm not a hater by any means, but like I mean, I don't hate Drake, but like I mean, he's just been so mainstream for the last seven. Eight years or so, Drake could literally drop drop a track. But all the songs sound the same too. Like I'm like, again, I'm not a hater. I'm not a Drake hater. But like, like you know, there's that whole debate between uh, the Donda two release or Donda or whatever, and then mm-hmm. you know Drake's album. And I, I am a Kanye stan a little bit. Like I've, I've gone to travel to see Kanye that kind of shit. But like, I just thought the you know that album was a lot more artistic. But like, it did not do the numbers that that um that Drake's thing did. The so. thing is that, like Kanye, for example, Kanye is an artist, one of my fa- one of my favorite artists. I can listen to Kanye. I listen to his whole album, and I usually like the whole thing. Maybe there's like one song I'm not a big fan of. Drake is like the opposite. Drake Drake yeah. drops the album. A majority of it is just dog shit songs that are super forgettable. But then there's like one, two, three songs that just go hard. And the thing is, like, with Drake, I think the bangers that he has, like, they're, they are bangers. They're, they are they're bangers. anthemic, like, people play them on repeat, like, they're dope, I fuck with them. We were talking I'm about, we were talking about Way Too Sexy last night. When that song first came out, I'm like, this is fucking stupid. And then, it just grew on me, and it's like, okay, alright, that's fine. Oh, why does that go so hard? When, when you're super lit, like, that song's a super vibe, um, and like, you know, I guess if I'm sober and way too sexy comes on, like, I'm gonna roll my eyes and be like, alright, but like, you know, when you're out in the club with the boys and like, you're, you're you know, you're lit, you got the energy going, I think it's a banger. But, just, um, just way too fucking sexy, honestly. But, yeah, I, yeah, but yo, real quick, back to Clematis, though, are, are you gonna head back there, like, on a weekend or some shit, just to uh, Clematis Street Social, just to see what's going on? <laughs> now, to, to see if there's high schoolers there, I, at this point, because like, it's, it's within striking distance, I definitely need to go check it out. The thing is, though, Delray is also within striking distance. You haven't checked that out. Yeah, have, I haven't been to Delray Del yet, people. Do I do I go? Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, so it's it's just between those two, but most of my friends that I hang out with live in Delray. And I think it would take a strong wind to bring them into West Palm. I, mean, I, mean, I think West Palm's like a weird place to go. Like, it's, it's not weird, but like, it's, it's just like, I don't know, like an interesting place to go clubbing. Like, it's really small. There's not a whole lot of places you go to, it seems like. The Island Boys are from West Palm. Oh, weird. I would hate to run into them. That'd be legendary, dude. I mean, running into them, what, what's gonna happen? They're just gonna be like, they're gonna be like pretending to be famous. Like, it's some, well, they're just on their Island Boys, bro. You know, you, you could get on some Island time with them. Island time. <laughs> Running on that, running on that Florida time of a uh, being like twenty minutes late everywhere you go, dude. After moving here, like I'm constantly late for in person meetings because the traffic in South Florida is buku crazy. Like the only worst place I've ever been traffic wise has probably been Bogota in Colombia. Um, but like Miami traffic slumps 
Chicago traffic, it slumps Texas traffic, it slumps LA traffic. I haven't really driven around too much in New York, so I don't know shit about that, but it's it's tough out here, man. And being on Florida time is a real thing too, because like everyone who meets me is always late too, and it's just like something I'm I'm not really used to because it's only been four months living out here. Um, but now you know I I do plan on moving back, so whenever I'm back, I'm I'm just not gonna you know make make early afternoon plans when traffic's ripping like ever. I mean, New York traffic is probably ass. But a place like New York, the public transportation is just so spot on. There's no need to drive. That's one thing I miss out. I've only spent you know a couple hundred days or weeks in New York, but I I haven't taken the subway yet um, because it was kind of like an Uber everywhere, drive everywhere kind of kind of vibe. But um, my my buddy who was with me, he was sending me like the funniest videos of people just doing like weird shit on the subway when he was riding it. So I think that I'll I'll be back in New York um, mid June. So I'm, I'm going to definitely make it a point to pop down there. You know, maybe I'll be like funny and start like doing some dances in there or some shit. <laughs> when I was in New York, uh, we were taking the subway late at night after, after getting kicked out of bar clothes and just almost everybody on the subway is either drunk as fuck or some like weirdo that there was like a big, like pile of puke on the subway and it was disgusting. I mean, honestly, that's the, like we, I didn't feel bad because there was like other people there. So it's like nothing's going to happen. Also, another thing that like I didn't know about, um, until like moving down here, like taking the trains in Miami, my friend living in New York said, yeah, the protocol is if there's like, so let's, let's just say a train has two cars. If one of the cars has a lot of people in it and one of the cars has very little people in it, you want to be in the car that has a lot of people in it. Because there's probably, there's probably some weird shit going on. There's a reason why the other car has little people in it. That makes sense. Yeah, I think remembering now the video my buddy sent me of the subway. There was some dude dressed as Spider Man who was like grabbing like the you know the the train rails and just like doing some crazy like calisthenic like bodybuilding shit um, with like, a little radio. So maybe I'll you know see some cool shit over there. If any of the pay your dues listeners are out in New York City, come fuck with me in in June. Well. We'll get you nice and proper drunk. Um, let's have a yeah. Let's have a good time. Pay your dues party, baby. Pay your dues party. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, that that just does remind me though. I mean, I do want to mention for a second. I was thinking about it when we were talking about Drake. Drake is just like so mainstream. He could literally drop an audio track of him shitting, and it would go number one for at least a week. I mean, Kanye dropped the the poopity scoopity song. <laughs> that song did go kind of hard though. The beat was hard. I'm not. I'm not talking about a song. I'm talking about Drake just dropped some audio track of just. <laughs> All right. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that big and cool. But I mean, you know, if he wanted to come out with the project that he probably you know put zero effort into, I'm sure commercially it would still be a hit. Um, I, I think he's at the point where it's like tough to lose when you get that big. Like, yeah, you can have. You can kind of fall off, and people will talk shit and be like, oh. You know, person's not number one, but like, it's tough to go to zero at that point. It's, it's, it's probably impossible to go to it's zero. It's impossible to lose. I mean, you know about the hot sauce situation, right? Dude, I, I heard something, one of my friends was telling you something about that at the club. He's like, bro, like, like, you have to do this, like, every time, like, like, you nut, bro, like, and you have the comedy, throw it out, like, you have to put some hot sauce in it now, bro, like, that's, that's a move. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> he, like, he, like he told me the Drake thing. And I was like, okay, like, I, I kind of get it. Is that a joke about the Drake thing? 
Or, no, like, he was telling me that. He was like, yeah, was bro, he being dead ass? Yeah, he was being dead ass. He was like, nah, bro. Like, he's like you're with these like, girls, bro. Like, you, you got to play it safe, dude. Like, <laughs> that, that's, not the, that's not how it fucking works. I'm not, I'm not a scientist. So, like, I, I have no It's been proved. The funny thing is that it's been proven that after this situation. I mean, this is months ago. So, like, it's no news we're talking about it. But it's been proven that hot sauce does not kill the sperm. All it does is simply just, um, it discourages the woman from trying to dump the excrements from said condom into herself. Yeah. You know, thankfully I'm not, I'm not cool or balling enough to, I think have to, you know, have to deal with that. Um, but you know, if I ever do, I'm going to keep a bottle of hot sauce in the, in the bathroom or, <laughs> or <whatever. laughs> no you don't you don't you don't do um hot sauce there's you i mean what what could you put in there that would kill it germex maybe i think hot sauce is just like the the funny meme at this point where it's like, it's don't get me wrong it's hilarious like you don't want to build on the hot sauce and be like the germex guy like just like you know fine. for the memes one day just toss some hot sauce in there and i mean in all reality hot hot sauce put aside so, it, all right, I, I have to ask you, do, do you think that's something that dude does regularly? Like, every time he's, like, with the chick, at, you know, it's, it's like, you know, after the fact, just like a ritual? Or do you think he was just, like, fucked up on some, like, oh, what do I do? Like, this chick's shady, like, blah, blah, blah. I think he legitimately, maybe, I think he thought that hot sauce does kill it. Which, I mean, I don't think you, he did. You, you don't think he has, like, a team of scientists who are like, you know, this, this is the way. It's It's either the hot sauce that he just did no research on, or... It was, he puts the hot sauce in there just to strongly discourage her from trying anything. Because that Instagram model did put the, put it in her. She said her pussy was on fire. Yeah, I mean, maybe Drake was just trolling the chick, dude. Who knows? Like, you know, I've never met dude, so. I mean, in all reality, though, the there is only like a few options that you, that would be the correct way to proceed with that. Either... I mean, assuming you don't have access to like. I mean, th- number one is just to avoid shady bitches, but you know that we we don't do that. <laughs> I mean, few few things you can do to just avoid that is uh. I mean, if you don't have access to like Germex or spermicide, assuming that you either have to swallow that shit yourself, <laughs> swallow that shit yourself to prevent it, or can't do can't do that, or you gotta just. Flush it and risk fucking up the plumbing. So, I mean, if you're at your place, that's risky business. You know what I mean? Like, if you're flushing stuff down your toilet, you don't want to deal with that. If you're, if you're at her place, you know, you know, it's kind of a scumbag move, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's I mean, always on the table, I suppose. I mean, what, what do you do? Like, you just, I mean, you just eat that shit real quick or something. <laughs> There's no way. No way. There's no way. Under, under no circumstances. But, um, but yeah, I mean, tonight should be fun. We're, we're heading out to, um, back to downtown West Palm to see Blau perform for Permissionless. Blau, Blau was, uh, our headliner for my music festival. We, we threw something in Vegas, uh, March 4th and 5th this year. That was like a two day, two stage, 20 person, uh, event. So, you know, maybe we could finesse our way backstage or something, uh, later tonight. That would just be the ultimate like finesse week for me. It's like first I finesse. That'd be a good way to cap it off, right? That would be a phenomenal way to end it with a 
pow. It's just snuck my way into this convention, this conference. Undeserving of it. Now I'm going to sneak my way backstage and fuck yeah. Yeah, we got to try at least for sure. You think he's going to give out any like free NFTs at the show? I think it'd be really cool. Um, you know, let, let, last Bitcoin conference, the dude threw up a QR code where whoever scanned it, you know, they got the free NFT. And those are trading at like a thousand bucks at the, at the time. I'm not, I'm not sure now, but it was, it, it was a smaller club. I think this event is kind of bigger attendance wise. But, um, I mean, I think so, it'd be really cool. So how, uh, Coinbase was giving out those NFTs for like scanning. Did you ever get your NFT? I haven't even checked. Let me, let me take a look. I mean, I checked. I don't even know if I can see it, but this is what it shows me. It just looks like a fucking Saturn thing. Is it, I don't know if that's the NFT if I click on it and then it's like supposed to load something up. I'm guessing it's, it's supposed to load something. It, it just hasn't loaded for me. So it hasn't populated yet. I have to assume that the free Coinbase NFTs are just like, they're probably not super valuable, um, like money wise. This is my, this is my build your own NFT that they came through. It doesn't look that bad. I like it. I think, I don't know why they did it like this. Like they, they could have done something so much cooler, uh, where they actually put like the person in the character. So over at the conference, they had this thing where like you build a character on a touchscreen, they like turn it into an NFT, but it's literally just like an outline of a crocodile, and like I I don't know who would want this or like why. I think it'd be funny like if, if a a famous person came by and made their own NFT, has like their face on it, just like them chilling, and then that'll probably go for some good money. Dude, one of our partners now they do some three D scanning shit, so like they have a like a three D scanner where. The person goes in it and it like a bunch of cameras that scans you. So we were out in Louisville maybe two or three weeks ago with Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater, Rajon Rondo, all those guys. They were doing some uh, it was some sort of charity for like the city of Louisville and like the the youth there and like uh, I think it was sponsored by like the the healthcare system. So it's like a wellness focused thing. But this is like a little bit of alpha for all the listeners. If you guys are into whatever like making money or NFTs, crypto. Um, the whole avatar 3D scanning thing is, I think it's going to have like a huge wave, um, these next couple of years because like b- before I'm pretty sure like the only scanners that were around for like video games, like if you were like an NBA player and they want to put you in 2k, you would get scanned so that like your the character is in there. Sure. Um, but these guys are like, they're taking this scanner like everywhere, all over the place. They're scanning kids, they're scanning, you know, grandmas, grandpas and, uh. We'll have to get you in there so you can have a, a digital version of Ashton yeah, uh, that, that you can fuck around with in the metaverse. Because like, once you scan, dude, like you can take that avatar and change it, dude. Like you could put a fucking other clothes in there. Like you can make yourself swole, like whatever. You know, it's like the future, the metaverse. I mean, it's just it's just crazy, you know. Talking to all these different companies at the expo, trying to make my transition. And the thing is that even if like if I was between jobs for a period of time, um, you know. I was thinking, expecting that I'd be able to have a decent amount of, uh, of, of security because, you know, I had my property back, back in Iowa that, I mean, after like considering it, thinking about it, like taking the rental income, we're netting a few hundred bucks every month versus just selling it, netting a lump sum of thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. I could take that, either pay off any stuff I have, like credit cards that are have like a few thousand dollars on them, 
Um, basically just settle everything I have, like my car loan, or I can continue to leverage that stuff, take those funds, flip it into like some type of crypto project, NFT project, and, and make it, make it that way until it blows up or it when we're just waiting for the next job to start and doing it. But as we've discussed, and maybe I can get into it a little bit here, there might be a little bit of a barrier to me selling the property right now. Yeah, that's that's the most fucked up like story I've heard real estate wise recently. Um, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta tell. Got got gotta, gotta tell it as well. Gotta tell about my tentative lawsuit that may or may not be pending, depending on the what is a serious situation, but depending on the legitimacy of my case, which I do think should it is valid. But the attorney's looking over the evidence that I have sent them so far. So basically, I had this property in West Des Moines. A property management company. Um, I decided to use them because I don't live there. I can't manage the property myself. So I'm thinking, okay, they manage it. Take a small fee every month. They collect the rents. They do the background checks, whatever, getting the tenants. They basically just like do all the work for me. So it sounds like a good deal. I never signed a contract with them or anything. All they had was the keys to my property just for the purpose of showing it. But there there was no agreement between us. There was just some text messages, none of which me agreeing to anything or being like a hard yes. Just simply corresponding back and forth about any updates or how it's going. And then so they had this they put this lockbox on the door to my condo for this was the old pay your dues podcast studio at, at this condo. I do miss that studio. That was a that was a dope studio, but what what good is a podcast studio in Des Moines, Iowa? Yeah, dude, South Florida is the place to be. I mean, if you're doing anything, I think digital right now, like Cali used to be like the spot, like LA, everyone's falling out to LA, it's popping. But I, th- I think Miami is like the place right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, c- continue, continuing. So um, they, they had the lockbox and the door with the keys in it so they can access the unit to show it to these prospective tenants. And, um, pretty much there was also like a, a water stain that was getting fixed in the ceiling because there, I don't know if the whole deal, there was like a leak in the roof. Um, so there was like a water stain. So it was getting fixed. My dad has keys to the units back in Iowa. He was going over to the unit to uh, clean up some of the water stain uh, and try and fix it and just access the units. He noticed that the lockbox was taken off the door, um, which I was, he told me about it and I, I didn't know why it was taken off. So I thought, oh, maybe the, maybe the property's like under contract with somebody and they're, they're getting lined up to lease it out. And this was right about the same time that I decided financially the numbers made sense for me to sell the property. And then also, just around that same time frame, I was forwarded in a contract from the property managers that I briefly had looked over, but I hadn't had not signed anything. And I just I didn't sign anything. I just like briefly looked it over, didn't really understand it. So the next day, well, maybe it was that same day, I don't remember, I called my contact for the property manager, the guy who actually owns the company. And he told me, um, I asked like what this, what the contract was that they signed. He's like, Oh, it's just an agreement between the two of us. 
um, pretty much like the terms of our relationship and then just a whole lot of other legal uh, lingo in there that just needs to be stated as well. And I was like, okay, that that makes sense. Um, I'm going to look that over and then if everything's good, I'll sign it. If I I have any questions, I'll just give you a call back. And then he fucked you. And then... (laughs) And then I said, also, um, my dad went over to the property to try and clean up that water stain that I told you about. And he's, he noticed that the lockbox was remaining. So just like a combination of that and receiving the disagreement, I didn't know if the place was like under contract with someone lined up to rent it out or what the deal was. And he told me, oh, well, actually, someone moved in there this morning. Like, what? I, I, Honestly, that should have been the point in time where I fucking freak out on him and be like, are you fucking kidding me? This is bullshit. But I, I didn't know what to say because I was just confused. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, what do you mean someone moved? <laughs> and I was like, I was still like on the cusp of like trying to sell the place. I was, I didn't know if I even wanted to rent it out. I was just more so seeing like what was possible with renting it out. And he was like, well, I mean, you could still sell it to like an investor who wants a tenant, wants a property that's already tenant occupied, which, it's still something that, that I could do realistically because... Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, this guy's out there, like, kind of making choices for you without... Ab- ab- you about absolutely. your shit, which is, like, completely out of line, I think. Absolutely. At, at this point, this is just, like, what I'm thinking of is, like, yeah. Um, so I found out that it's getting rented, and then I just... I, I don't really, like, know how to handle it, but I basically, like, said to him, uh, I was like, hey, I decided I want to sell the property. Um... I didn't agree to anything for like them moving in. Uh, I didn't agree to like any, like, I didn't know they were moving in. My dad literally went over there to a place that was occupied by somebody else. And it's a good thing that they had not moved in because if they were moved in and in the property, that's a breach of privacy. That's, well, yeah, I, I mean, they would have been pissed. Yeah. If, like, they would, if, they, if they just got a new unit and there's like people just entering randomly who like don't even know they live there, like that sucks for them. That's fucked up. That's like super dangerous. Too. And the thing is that it's not like my fault. It's literally on them from like not, they didn't even notify me someone was moving in. Like, let alone I'm supposed to agree to the, the no, dude, that shit is absolutely crazy. Cause like, what if you were like moving back there and you're like, yo, I was planning on living here. Like, what the fuck do you mean someone's like moved in? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I gave you the example of this and like, it's, it's crazy to imagine it happening, but I mean, it, it's not unrealistic. Imagine like my dad was going to the property, good intentions to clean up this water stain, clean up some mold maybe from it that exists. He goes into the property. The people are in there. They think it's a home invasion. They have, they own guns and they shoot him. Which, which, yeah, I mean, it's a fucked up thing to think about. It's fucking but it's, scary. But it's super, it's super plausible. It's, that, that kind of shit does happen. It's fucking scary to think about that happened. And if that did happen, it's like, well, I didn't know someone was in there. And so I told them, I said, I, I want to sell the property. Um, you can give them a 30 day notice. That should be plenty of time to, for, for a buyer of mine to get approved for a loan. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But I, I simply just didn't agree to this, to this lease. And he was like, I have texts from you. The correspondence text that he's talking about. And he's like, we've talked on the phone. It's like, I never said, I agree. You have my permission to sign shit on my behalf, act on my behalf, all, all this bullshit. And he's saying like, well, they're protected by the lease. They can't go anywhere. And I even talked, I've talked to some attorneys about it and they said, regardless of 
what your intent was with the property, if you did not agree to the terms of the lease or agree to like the tenants that are in the property or something, be even be notified about them going in there, then the lease is not valid. And like logically, that that's what makes sense. Like um, I was more, I was surprised that when, when you spoke with a few attorneys, they were like, "Oh, well, this is like complicated." Because to me, it seems pretty straightforward. Like the fucking guy jumped the gun on leasing this place. Like, like he was kind of supposed to shop it around. He got an offer, and rather than having it go through you, he just said, "Like fuck it, move in." He just fucking took the initiative. And it, it's Which, yeah, yeah, you know, good for him for being a go getter, but that's not how you do business with other people's property. You know, you can't just fucking like make decisions for other people. But I don't. I hope uh, your new hard ass lawyer is able to put the fear of God into uh, oh my. The, the the management company there because if, you know if they're doing this to you, I'm imagining that you know this this is probably like a pattern of of shit that they're doing to a bunch of people. I should have. What I should have done is looked them up on the Better Business Bureau prior to like giving them the keys to my fucking property. Yeah, because but like, like keys don't seem like that. Like, uh, you know, there's no contract. Excuse me, it, it's just keys. You know, you could always change the lock. I mean, I can't do that now. That's that's illegal. If I go in there, and, like, right? Yeah, not, now that someone's living. And in the there. thing is that like the tenants did nothing wrong. It's not me against the tenants at this point. Like if. It's gonna, it's gonna, the, the thing is that I, I'm getting fucked because I'm gonna look like the bad guy if I have to evict the, evict the tenants. Like, I'm, we'll get to them. They're not gonna be happy, bro. Like, they, they just got a new place. They're probably stoked. They're like, oh, dude, Ashton's house is dope. Like, <laughs> literally, like, the, I mean, I don't know if it's legal to, but if, if the lawyers can't help me, I'm literally gonna, um, say to the tenants, I'm, I'm gonna try and look them up, like, on white pages. Get their contact information, call them, simply say, Hey, this is not a sales call. I'm not trying to solicit you. Um, so I'm the owner of the property that you're living in. Uh, you're renting out from this company, right? Okay, perfect. So basically, so actually, I would want to ask them first if they're interested in buying it. If they're interested in buying it, that cuts out any of the eviction trouble and we just cut off the source of income for the property managers. If they don't want to buy it or can't buy it, then it's going to be a situation where I'm going to say like, well, I am trying to sell the property and you did nothing wrong. And I'm not trying to be the bad guy here, but the property managers were not supposed to put you into the property. And it's just a tough situation because like, even if they're reasonable people who want to help you, like they're put in a weird situation at that point because like they already moved in. Now they have to move their shit out, find somewhere else to live. I'm at that at that point. I'm literally going to say, and I understand you just moved in. It may have been a hassle. You may have cost some money to move. So I'm thinking that we team up and fucking sue the property managers. Like, is that realistic? Or I, I, I mean, it, it really depends on them. You know, like like there, there's so many different like people. You know, like like. So, someone might be like, yeah, dude, assume, like, fuck them for doing this. Or someone might be like, you know, like, I work all the time. I'm really busy. Like, I don't want this kind of extra hassle like, like, in my life. The thing, I'm, the thing I'm worried about with that is that they're just going to they're gonna take it the wrong way that they have to move. It's such a fucking hassle to do so. So there's, I, think, I think for sure they're going to be pissed, dude. Like, if, if I moved into a new place, like, like I, I, I was dealing with a property company, and they're like, okay, here's the lease. Like, I sign it. I pay them. I move in. I spend money to move in. I spend time. And then, like, someone's like, nah, bro, you have to dip. Like, and the thing is, like, I'm, I'm, this is gonna be, this would be the first contact that I have with them. So they're gonna be like, so because I'm the bearer of bad news, 
Most people are fucking. They they just fucking. Yeah, they just respond negatively. They just respond negatively because they just don't know how else to react. And so it, I mean, like, think about it. Like, if you're at your place now, someone like knocks on the door. They're like, "Yo, I actually own this place," and like, you have to get the fuck out. Yeah, like, no, I, and don't. <laughs> and like, if, they, if they get pissed about it, like, rightfully, rightfully so. so for I sure, understand yeah. that they're that they're pissed, but the thing is, I'm not coming against them. It's literally me and them against these property managers who signed an invalid lease that I did not approve. Dude, the fucking lease looks it's just, like it's just a shitty situation, dude, because like like there's there's no winners in this. I like, showed you the lease. It looks like it was typed up on fucking Microsoft Word and then it it had little two little DocuSign bubbles attached on it to to sign it by just the property manager and just the tenants, not the fucking owner of the property who pays the taxes, who pays all the other pays the mortgage for it. It's and then when I texted him and I said I literally started seeking legal advice and they told me because I did not approve the terms of the lease, it's not valid and there's no prior agreement. He was like, I begin seeking legal advice too. And that it, it does not hold. I said, I literally said like, please just find a new place for them to live before this gets more serious than it needs to be. And he was like, I begin seeking legal advice too. And let me just, I'm going to pull it up and just read it verbatim. What this fuck said. Um, so let's see, he was like, you might want to tell the buyer of your property. I've also seemed legal advice. He didn't say seeked. He's like, they don't have to leave. I I think it's crazy that people do business this way. Like, like, you know, I'm, I'm a business person. We, we are in the startup space. We're in the crypto space. We're in the, the tech space, software consulting, and I, I just can't imagine, like, building your entire business around, like, fucking people over. And, like, literally everyone you've ever worked with probably just hates you. I don't like, even I don't even think... I mean, he might not even fuck over everybody, but the thing is that he probably... Dude, if he's doing this to you, like, there's... Wow, you know, I, I think this is probably, like, his business. Like, he's just a fucking dickhead, like... I mean, probably, but I'm also thinking... At, I've told you before, but I think he's fucking bluffing. He doesn't have shit... All he has is he said, she said, fucking verbal word of mouth. Yeah, I mean, as, with, with something like property, like, like uh, from from what, I have a super limited knowledge of like real estate law, but like I do know that it's very very tricky because like the courts do not want to kick people out of their homes, and like the courts don't have a whole lot of sympathy for like homeowners who don't live in the house or like renting it, you know. Um, that's anyone who was a landlord during COVID probably knows, like you know, when people stopped paying the rent, like a lot of them didn't have to leave. Um, you know, they were protected. So it's it's like super tricky. And like he 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 might have talked to somebody who was like, no, like you're in the right because of like this weird technicality. But that also doesn't mean that it's like true. Like I, I think ultimately, I, it's up to a judge to be like, he's definitely wrong morally. But as far as like guilty or not guilty, he's. He, he probably found some fucking loophole to where he might be not guilty, but that's literally... Is, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me because, like, how, like okay, if I, if I get somebody to give me their keys, like, for whatever reason, I can't just go and rent their house out. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. That, that's um, literally what it is. He's saying he, he started seeking legal advice, too. Like, what, what the fuck do you mean? I, I told you before, I think he's fucking bluffing. He probably sees. He's, he's probably just hoping that you you just like, all right, this is too much trouble to deal with. Like you, those people could live there. Like, you know, I'll sell it later. One of the attorneys that I talked to said that said the same thing though. He's like, he's like, yeah, um, you did kind of get screwed here, but 
the cost of taking them to court and doing this shit is probably not even worth it. And that's why I think this is like a trickier situation than a lot of them because you, you do have to factor that in like your time fighting this, your time flying to Iowa to be in court, the costs associated with that, the lawyer fees, like, you know, if you win and you sell the house and you net like whatever you were expecting, but it costs like 10,000 bucks to do, like, is that really worth it? You know, like, is it really like, like out of principle, I would probably do that just because like, fuck that guy, like. That's you know. That's like, what I'm saying. If I have a way to like team up with the tenants to just fuck this company and make some money out of it, have them get like their moving expenses paid for for their new property that they get put in. Because and, because I think that's reasonable. Like like this guy pretty much had them like uproot their life, go to a new place, exactly, and then put them in like a really shitty situation because like they're not like necessarily welcome there. But he, um, so, like, any kind of cost, I do think that it makes sense for the, the company. To I'm telling you, he that. definitely thinks, he, he's definitely fucking bluffing. He probably saw me as some young kid who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about and is just going to sign the documents because, oh, yeah, it's easy to do. Another thing that's fucking bullshit. So, I took a screenshot of it, this one uh, right here. So, back when we, uh, when I first met him for the first time. He said, oh, yeah, a property like yours. How'd you meet this guy, by the way? So I looked up property management companies near me, and this was just geographically the closest one. Got it, got it. So I just wanted to keep it everything simple. He told me the first time I met him, so he wants to get fucking verbal about agreements and terms I never agreed to. He told me the first time that we ever met that he would that the management fee per month for the, my condo would be 8%. Tell me... What that is. What does it say? Nine? Nine percent. So that's more terms that I did not agree to and did not know about. And dude, like, like, this is why I'm thinking, like, this guy probably just, like, does this all the time to, like, everybody he works with. He's he's probably just, like, kind of like a a shithead. I'm telling you, he's fucking bluffing because he thinks I have no money to go to court about it, which, I mean, I'm I'm young. And, like, it, it definitely would run me dry to go to court. But I'll fucking do it if I have to. But the thing is, though, like, if the, if we go to court and I'm in the right, as a business, they probably would have error and, like, omissions insurance. So that's another thing that he's probably, like, not worried about. Because if it's insurance... So, so as far as I know, error and omission insurance, like, does that pay for for court costs, like, lawyer costs if you get sued? That's what my dad told me. I really don't know. Okay, because I, I've i had to grab that before for, like, software consulting gigs that we've done, and I was always under the impression that, like, it'll cover, like, a settlement, but, like, you would still have to get your own lawyer, but I, I really don't know a whole lot I mean, about it. You would still, um, you still, I think you still have to pay for, like, the lawyer's time, but as far as, like, the actual, like, le- like the settlements, it covers that. Yeah, so in this case, the settlement would be like pay, pay your dues, listeners. Um, you know, drop something in the comments if you have any suggestions or just an opinion on this because I think it's like personally, I think it's fucking crazy. Anybody I've talked to said it's fucked up. There's nobody that's been like playing devil's advocate, being like, "Well, you gave them your keys," and it's like anybody I've talked to about this has said it's fucked up. Yeah, it seems like objectively, like the dude's in the wrong. It's not like something that's like super open for interpretation. Like, oh well, you know, he he's just doing you a solid by renting it. Like, and just logically, why the fuck would you put somebody in a property without even notify, like, without their agreeing to it? But let let alone fucking notifying them. I had to reach out to get told about it. Like he he's one hundred percent 
bluffing because he thinks I'm not going to do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. He also timed it perfectly where, oh yeah, this guy's moving across the country as well. So it's just going to be a pain in the ass for him to come back here to testify for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is one of those things where, like, he knows what he's doing. It's not like he's, like, you know, play it off, play it down, be like, oh, dude, I thought you wanted to get around it, like, my bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was probably, like, something that this dude, like, schemed up. And, like I said, I'm, I'm sure he's, honestly, I would, I would try to find other pissed off customers of his from the management company and see if you guys can kind of team up. Because, I'm, dude, I'm sure, like, you're not the only person this guy has wronged. Exactly. On the Better Business Bureau, if you look him up, it's just nothing but one-star reviews. Oh, no kidding. So, the, like... The, like, literally, like, they're not accredited by the BBB. Yeah, I mean, if, if other people are complaining, maybe maybe reach out to those I, people. Like, obviously, I fucked up by even, like, not looking them up, giving, giving them the keys. But, it, yeah, if you're in the Des Moines area, West Des Moines area, top shelf property management, fucking avoid at all costs. If there's a pl- if there's a apartment you're looking up, a place to rent, and then you see on there that it's managed by top shelf property management. Sorry if you like the way that it looks, fucking avoid that place. You look at the Google reviews, everything sucks. You look at the Better Business Bureau reviews, everything sucks. Avoid them. Because we're we're gonna take these fuckers down. Regardless, I mean at this point they're pay your dues, but not to them. Pay <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're, they're still withholding rent for me. Like I, the thing is, I'm supposed to get the security deposit and like the rent. I, I haven't gotten any of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like to me, like, like this, this whole thing reeks of just like kind of like, like fraud pretty much. They're, they're um, running the scam out of my property. Yeah. So fuck dude. Like cheers to you. And I hope, it, you know, everything resolves in your favor where it's not like a whole painful process. Cause. It could be a bitch, but on a lighter note, you know, on the bright side, we can uh, get a drink on. Absolutely what you said. Get our drink on tonight because being pissed about it now isn't going to fix the situation. Simply just get the drink on and, you know, this attorney I talked to today sounds like it might be able to get resolved. Maybe it it won't be, but if it can't get resolved, I'm, as I said, going to reach out to the tenants. And we're gonna, I'm gonna try and team up with them, assuming they don't fucking target me as the bad guy here. And we're going after them. We're taking these fuckers to court. They're going down. Fucking going down. Fucking, oh, what's your, what's, what's the favorite thing? One thing you don't regret about in your life. Oh, when I bankrupted a fucking property management company who fucked me when I was 24. But, for real. But, you know, for tonight, it's all good vibes. We're going to catch some EDM, hopefully meet some crypto honeys. I'm going to, I'm going to let the, yeah, let the attorneys do their work. I'm just going to do what I can, enjoy it. Well, enjoy what I can, control the controllables. And hey, this, this is my, this is one of my last days in Florida, so we got to live it up tonight. Dude. I, I, I know last night it was a bit of a doozy. Dude. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that story for the next podcast. But, oh, um, so, so there is going to be a sequel. Oh, uh, we, we have to run it back. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, pretty much, uh, yeah, we've only been up since about, what, 2 p.m. today? Even later for me, man. <laughs> I woke up at 12.30 and I was like, thank God I called him sick when I went to bed. Hey, maybe I've said too much. Maybe that's a spoiler, but I think that is all we have to say today on this episode of Pay Your Dues. 
maybe we can hit the sequel when if you're visiting back sometime in the next month or two or whenever or oh, you know we'll get it at some point I've we'll never definitely. done I've never done one of these virtual over Zoom or Skype but I'm not necessarily opposed to it but oh, hey, I am up for it I mean we'll, we'll see having it in person of course is a little bit better but I do think that is what we're going to send it off with but always sending off uh you listeners you or you only fans watchers if you're there with the same message that we send everybody else off with um listeners to pay your dues Bros, always remember to pay your dues and pound your brews. Pay your dues, pound your brews. <sighs> That's a wrap? That's a fucking wrap.